Does your life have meaning? Does it have value, purpose? If you suddenly died or disappeared, would it make much difference? What if you had never been born? Would the world be better off or worse or neither? What does it all mean? One typically hears what does it all mean from desperate people. But I don't feel desperate. At least not these days. Hey, it's me from the future. Just letting everybody know that this piece was written in 2011. And the music you hear throughout is called The Unanswered Question by Charles Ives. But I don't feel desperate. At least not these days. Perhaps I've been pondering this unanswered question because I'm approaching the mid-century mark of my life. Then again, I've always been prone to philosophical wonderings. When I was six, I sat in our suburban Virginia garage and asked myself a series of what-if questions. What if none of this existed? What then? What if this garage didn't exist? Where would I be? What if this house didn't exist? What if this neighborhood didn't exist? What if this country didn't exist? This planet? What if the sun didn't exist? The universe? What if I didn't exist? Well, perhaps I would still exist in the mind of God. But what if God didn't exist? What would there be? Nothing. There would be nothing. What if nothing existed? My body shivered. I suddenly felt alone and empty. So I went back inside and hung out with my grandmother. I don't think my grandmother ever wondered whether her life had meaning. She was a creature of habit, a woman of routines, making breakfast at seven, catching up with her friends on the phone after my grandfather got out of her hair and went to work, shopping for groceries that she didn't need just to get out of the house, watching her soaps during lunch, followed by laundry or gardening in the afternoon, followed by a formal half-hour break at 4 p.m., during which she took in a soft drink, chips, and a game show. She was not to be disturbed during these breaks by me or the housekeeper. Then dinner, cleanup, sifting quickly through the newspaper before primetime TV began at 8, dessert at 9, then to bed at 11, in time to drift off to sleep during Johnny Carson's monologue. Do rituals provide meaning, or do they simply distract us? It might be a moot point. If one is pleasantly distracted for 80 years, then what difference does it make? Well, 
Once in my 20s, while I was indeed going through a desperate period, I told my grandparents tearfully that I felt worthless. My grandfather replied, Son, you're worth a lot to us. We've invested a lot of time and money in you. (laughs) I told them I didn't deserve all that they had done for me. How can I ever repay you? I asked. We love you, Gregory, my grandmother replied. We just want you to be happy. My grandfather said, You can repay us by living a long and healthy, good and prosperous life. For them, and seemingly many other people, life is just that simple. They live on instinct. On the other hand, some people are so plagued by perennial questions of existence that they never find any sense of equilibrium. By the way, I used to toss out that phrase a lot, perennial questions of existence, when I was in college on first dates. I never got second dates from those girls. During the lost years of my 20s, I read a novel by John Barth called The End of the Road. In it, the main character decides to kill himself because his life has no meaning. He goes through the process of ordering his affairs and saying goodbye to his friends, and in the end decides not to kill himself because his death wouldn't have meant any more than his life. Charles Ives wrote a piece of music to which every serious music student is exposed, called The Unanswered Question. Over a soft bed of consonant strings, which sound like a hymn, a solo trumpet intones a series of rising phrases. A quartet of flutes answer each of these questions, each episode more dissonant as if they were getting tired of answering the same question over and over. The trumpet has the last word, which seems arbitrary to me. Perhaps if Ives had let the argument play out, the flutes would have eventually answered the question to the trumpet's satisfaction. Some people think that everything means something. I worry about these people. What a burden it must be to see every cigar as a penis, to interpret every earthquake, plague, and tornado as the act of a punishing deity, to imagine every political cataclysm as a cabal between the CIA, the Illuminati, and Bill Gates. Some people think that the search for meaning itself is futile. How do they know? Maybe they're just lazy. Maybe meaning lies just around the bend in the form of a blissful relationship or productive career or even some kind of divine endowment. Atheism seems as arbitrary to me as Ives' unanswered question. It's a belief no different in this regard from any religion. An atheist friend once told me over drinks that her two greatest fears in life were that there is no God, followed closely by there is a God. In the book of Ecclesiastes, The wisest man on earth, King Solomon, exclaimed, Meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless. And he would know since he supposedly had everything, including 3,000 women. Nevertheless, it seems disingenuous for the richest man alive to say that everything is meaningless. I might be more inclined to believe Solomon if he had given most of his wealth to the poor and most of his wives to the horny. Then again, There's no proof that poverty is inherently more meaningful than wealth.
Despite my semantic musings, life for me is pretty simple these days. What does it all mean? I side with the existentialists on this one. Our actions define us. Our lives mean whatever we want them to mean. No priest, politician, or poet can answer that question for anyone else. And yet I'm not an atheist, unlike many existentialists. I believe in a higher power. More specifically, I believe in the search for meaning. There is no pot at the end of the rainbow. The meaning is in the search. Most of the time, I am grateful for my current position in life. Though, in recent years, I have made huge financial mistakes. Compared to my peers, I am poor. In a momentary lapse of gratitude the other day, I exclaimed to a friend, I should be conducting orchestras and directing plays, not parking cars. I have another friend in Los Angeles whose brother directs major motion pictures. She tells me that he constantly frets over his status as a hit maker. He spends $10,000 a month on a rental cottage in the Hollywood Hills while his mansion is being renovated. And if his next picture isn't a blockbuster, he may have to sell the mansion and move into a cheap apartment at $4,500 a month. What does it all mean? Who knows? Would my life be more meaningful if I were conducting orchestras and directing plays professionally? Perhaps. Chances are, though, I'd still be asking the same questions.